pro football jokes. Make it uncomfortable. Welcome to the Pro Football Jokes podcast. Uh, we are here after a super wild card weekend. Uh, no more of that just regular wild card weekend bullshit uh, that we have had to endure for so long. I mean, thank God it's now super and we got to enjoy some great games. I'm yeah. here with Pep. Hey, I'm here, guys. Jeez. Uh, it's Wednesday we're recording this. I'm still trying to wash off all the slime on me from watching the Cowboys 49ers game. I, I mean, there was so much slime that it was just <laughs> coming through the TV. Yeah, uh, that that was intense. I don't know how they got all that slime out there um, and cleaned it up so fast. Like right after the touchdown, it was just, it was just gone. They have a, a you know, shout out to the cleanup crew over there. Yeah, and that was just, I know we're getting into that one really early, but I mean, it was a crazy close uh, NVP battle between Dak Prescott and Dalton Schultz, really the two hardest workers in that game. So all the kids voting on on that really knew, they they really watched that game. Um, Yeah, and I feel like some high-level analysis was going on during the commentary portion. Um, I don't remember the name of the, uh, you know, 15-year-old, Nickelodeon chick who uh, commentates, but I'm sure she did a bang up job again. Yeah, I mean, I I know so much more about these football players now that I can use on this podcast. Like for example, Jimmy Ward's favorite ice cream is cookies and cream. His favorite school subject is math, and his wrestling nickname Quick Turn. So I mean, oh. these are the things you want <laughs> to know about these players. I mean, that's a real inside scoop right there. Yeah, this no the, pun intended. The juicy stuff. Um. Yeah, well, um, glad we learned a lot from that Nickelodeon podcast. Glad to get get the kids involved. Uh, I guess that's how they're, you know, being introduced to the game. Um, but you know, it's uh, at least they got it's probably the best game of the the weekend. So um, at least they got to enjoy watching the Cowboys fall apart. Yeah, that was um, it, just not a surprise at all. Absolutely not a surprise. And it's almost disappointing how how I just wasn't surprised at all by that. They were the only home team to lose this weekend. Yeah, not a lot of upsets, a lot of just beatdowns. Um, and, I mean, honestly, the, the 49ers-Cowboys started out like a beatdown, it felt like, but 49ers had control the entire way. But the Cowboys had a chance at the end. Uh, they kind of worked their way back into it. Jimmy G couldn't quite put the game away. Surprise, surprise. Um, and, uh, then the Cowboys decided to run a quarterback draw with, uh, 14 <laughs> seconds left. Um, what do you make of that, that play call? It, you know, I, I don't have much to say about it. I mean, I'm not quite as outraged at it by everybody else. It seems because I was just more, I was more so paying attention to how Dak was playing in that game. Um, just, it, it was like all the games they've struggled in in the regular season. Dak just missing throws or hesitating on throws. And then toward the end there, I was just watching all these penalties and just thinking, oh, the fans and players are totally going to just point at the refs for this one when it really wasn't the refs this time around. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I don't even think there were the refs had any fault in that. I mean, 
the the cow the Cowboys it's their own fault for running a quarterback drawn with 14 seconds left. What what kind of call is that? And like you can't spot the ball yourself. You got the refs got to spot it. The ref had to move it like a half yard back. You can't just give yourself that yardage. I don't even think they were trying to you know give themselves extra yardage, but that's how the game works. You can't just expect. Uh, I you got to know that. Um, and I I don't understand the attack on the refs. Obviously, the the Cowboys also got a lot of penalties, but most of it I thought were pretty clear cut penalties. You know, they were like false starts that. You know, unnecessary holdings uh, that yeah. were pretty clear. Randy um, Gregory tackling someone. Yeah, like that's just a dumb penalty. Uh, I don't know how you blame the ref for that. Um, so, uh, and the Cowboys just looked like the worst team this whole game. So I, I don't think there's any argument that they deserve to win this game. Um, and uh, I, I know uh, Dak and Mike McCarthy were both coming after the refs on their press conference stack like was, was supported the guy who threw trash at the refs um uh, he, he since has come out and apologized for for supporting that because <laughs> uh more of a heat of the moment thing there but i i think yeah the cowboys got to look at themselves if, uh, for this loss yeah and on the 49ers side uh their first drive they just so effortlessly moved the ball down the field and so many guys got open that weren't named George Kittle. I was just thinking, like, if the 49ers could just be those 49ers on that first drive all the time, they are so dangerous moving forward. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were the favorites or they came out of the NFC and, you know, were, were the Super Bowl contenders. Wow, it's a, a bold take. Um, yeah, I do have to worry about their defense with, uh, you know, Nick Bosa getting hurt in this one. Um and uh, Fred Warner got hurt too. I don't know if I didn't see the severity of his injury. I think he might have, he, he's probably back next week, but I, I have to check on that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, that that's a tough part for me. And then, you know, can they're off? I mean, can they win shootouts? Because Jimmy D just has been consistent enough to think that they, like, their offense can get going at times for sure. They have so many weapons. Um, but like you saw in this one, Jimmy D was, unable to put the game away. He missed a couple of deep throws that would have, uh, would have completely sealed this one. Um, and I don't think you can get away with that with a banged up defense against some of the better competition in the NFC. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Jimmy missed a few throws, definitely the one to Brandon Ayuk where he was just wide open. Yeah. And then, uh, at the second half, I was just thinking, all right, now we have the inevitable Jimmy G interception that's coming where it allows the <laughs> Cowboys to kind of be back in this thing. And sure enough, Jimmy G throws the pick and Dak takes it himself for the second Cowboys touchdown. So, yeah, Jimmy G, this has always been the Jimmy G story. Just tighten it up. Just tighten it up a little more. <laughs> but will he just leave that window open every game for people to hate on him? Uh, we shall yeah. see. Yeah, uh, yeah, we will see. Um, but I, I think they got a chance this week against the Packers. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to those games and uh, shortly. But uh, let's move on to uh, some of the other NFC games. Um, so we also had the Bucks hosting the Philadelphia Eagles, and um, to nobody's surprise, the Eagles did not really show up. <laughs> got some garbage time points though, so. 
Yeah, thirty-one nice. fifteen, make yeah. it look respectable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else is there? This is there to say? Uh, the the Bucks backfield, Gio Bernard stepped it up. Keyshawn Vaughn stepped it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts just struggled mightily. I'm sure people are just going to say he's not their guy, but the Eagles, they really just should never have been in this game. They, they shouldn't have made it to the wild card spot. It's very impressive. They made it as far as they did. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I didn't have any expectations for them going into this thing. Yeah, it's true. Um, I mean, you, you gotta be encouraged from, you know, a, you know, first year from Nick Sirianni, um, you know, first full year as a starter for Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, they just traded for, they're going to get that first round pick for Carson Wentz. Um, so they're, they're building something here. Um, I think their strengths are, I mean, clearly their offensive line is a huge strength right now. Um, they drafted, I, uh, they have a few like young players to go along with their veterans that, that, you know, keep that offensive line strong. Um, that's why the running game was so ferocious going down the stretch here. Um, and they have some good players on on defense too, and um, you know you hope Devontae Smith's going to turn out. He he looks like um, you know the real deal at receiver. Finally, may have hit on receiver. Um, hopefully, <laughs> so I mean uh, it's brutal. Sorry to cut you off. Just Jalen Rieger, man, he oh just God. solidified his bad season this game. With like, <laughs> oh, poor guy, poor guy. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. Um, yeah, uh, not his fault. He was drafted ahead of Justin Jefferson, but uh, it might be his fault that he's like just terrible. Like Quez Watkins is so much better than him. <laughs> like, Quez Watkins isn't that great. Um, so I, uh, yeah, it's 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 a tough scene for Jalen Rager. I I don't know that he'll be a starting receiver with them next year. I don't. I certainly don't think they want him to be. Um, but I guess he's maybe slightly better than JJR Sega Whiteside, so that's something. Yeah, I mean, we'll just have the two of them like have a run blocking drill off or something <laughs> and see who's more useful there. Uh, I I just don't know what to make of the Bucks. I don't want to take anything away from the Bucks. Uh, for as dominant of a win as that was, I just wasn't super impressed by it. I guess because of their competition, but <laughs> I I just. They did the thing. Uh, I mean, I was I was fairly impressed by it. Um, they, I think, the question is, you know, can they do it against you know the better teams? And I mean, it's like everybody, every team has problems. I they they lose Tristan worse than this one, um, so that's that's obviously huge. If you know he doesn't play going up against Aaron Donald, I mean, you know, Aaron Donald's inside rusher but still i'm like bond miller um starting to heat up for the rams i mean this is uh this is gonna be rough and tom brady was under some heavy pressure in this game uh once tristan worse went out so well you'll have to see i think um uh, you know brady knows how to handle it and get the ball out quickly but it's like you know how much can you really scheme around if you don't have a good offensive line you don't have any weapons or receiver you're shorthanded at running back to, I mean, hopefully they get Leonard Fournette back for next game, but um, still it's just a lot of stuff to overcome for the bucks. 
Yeah, uh, definitely the offensive line losses are huge. And it would be no surprise to me if the Rams pulled some black magic and signed a guy named Brian Sherrigan off the street and started <laughs> next week. Man, uh, Ryan Kerrigan just came in and bodied someone. And it's like, oh, that's where you've been all season. <laughs> yeah, what what happened to him all season? He did nothing all year. And then they're just like, hey, maybe uh, this guy isn't completely done. And he went out and balled out in the playoffs, which is, you know, I guess he was the only one on the Eagles, but still. <laughs> hey, he did a thing. I guess he, yeah. they, they just wanted to give him like one last playoff sack if yeah. he is going to just ride off and he's, call it uh, quits. He's leading uh, the, the the playoffs in sacks. One and a half sacks. Very impressive stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Good for him, honestly. Uh, it was a bummer not to see him used a little more. Maybe they did use him at some points in the season, but they really I'm didn't. Not- he, he, I think he had three tackles all season. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's kind of that's kind of criminal. Yeah, so I, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, anyway, uh, Eagles are done. Um, glad to get them out of the playoffs, to be honest. But uh, <laughs> again, they have stuff to build on for next year. Um, yeah, the, the the rest of the NFC, we did get to close out the. NFC and the, the super wild card weekend um, with uh, the Cardinals at the Rams. Um, this one, another blowout. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much summed up the weekend here. Um, uh, you, got, you had the Manning cast talking about it, and uh, they were on with that Larry Fitzgerald on in the, the first quarter where. He was just getting depressed watching the Cardinals. It was pretty funny because he was like openly rooting for the Cardinals and just get like, he would like talk about the Rams players and like be, sound like really sad. He's like, yeah, Odell's like really good player. And that's a uh, happy <laughs> for him making that, that touchdown catch. It's unfortunate it's against the Cardinals, but um, yeah, glad, glad he's a, he's a good player. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's shocking to me is that, this game drew more overreactions than the Cowboys 49ers game did. And when I say that, I mean people and not just one person, not just one notable person. There have been multiple outlets that have come out and said, Kyler Murray should just quit football and turn to baseball. I mean, let's <laughs> pump the brakes here for a second to all those who said that this is a guy that was kind of in the MVP race for a bit this season. I, and I just don't was. think, one one bad and first playoff appearance, mind you, one bad playoff appearance means you should quit the game and just go play for the Oakland Athletics. I understand he's a talented athlete, but this I mean, people were saying he's short. He'll never make it in the league, like just really being brutal on this guy. I mean, yeah. relax. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of shocked at some of the takes uh, on on Kyler. Um, I mean, those are obviously extreme that he should just quit and go to baseball. But um, like, this is a guy who's played three seasons. Uh, he's gotten better every year. Um, he's play like I. I think the thing that worries people is that he's faded kind of down the stretch. Each of the past two years, he started out really hot, and then. Um, towards the end of the year he hasn't played nearly as well um you know he got a little banged up in both years so that that made it play a part in it but 
you know, overall, he's a young quarterback. He's has dynamic ability, obviously. Um, you know, he right now, like I know the Cardinals were originally one of the best teams in the NFL, but he doesn't have a ton around him right now. The offensive line's banged up. You know, their receivers really aren't very good without DeAndre Hopkins. Um, their defense isn't nearly as playing nearly as well as it was earlier in the season. Um, you know, the the play in the, the the pick six was was terrible by Kyler. I'm not saying he played well in this game, but uh, that that was that was like the, it reminded me exactly of that Carson Wentz play that I said was like <laughs> the worst play I've ever seen. So uh, it was pretty bad, but. I, I don't think that he should quit football because of it. I think he's still, <laughs> you know, one of the best, yeah, one of the most promising young quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, you make a good point that losing DeAndre Hopkins really hurt this offense. And uh, obviously, James Conner wasn't a hundred percent either. A lot of guys weren't hundred percent, but um, it really just exploited that this receiver group isn't like as amazing as we thought they were yet. I think they have a ton of room to grow because they're very young minus AJ green. But, um, you know, when they have Deandre Hopkins, they just look so different. And on the other side of the ball, got to hand it to Matt Stafford with his first postseason win. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure, uh, Antoine Wesley will grow into a number (laughs) one receiver. So they're, they're fine. Obviously. Um, no, but yeah, the Rams, uh, certainly this is a great start to their playoff run. Um, Matt, I don't think Matthew Stafford played like amazing, but he was good enough. Um, and Odell did some stuff. He, uh, he looks pretty good in this game. Uh, Cooper Cup was pretty quiet, but still ended up scoring a touchdown. Uh, so I, that's where the Rams are and their defense has looked so much better. Um, you know, towards the end of the season where Von Miller's starting to play well, Aaron Donald's obviously amazing and they're probably the best player in the NFL. Um, you know, Jalen Ramsey's had a great season all year. Um, so this this is definitely, you know, turned into one of the best defenses in the NFL when it started off a little shaky. Yeah, and I kind of feel bad for Sony Michelle because Cam Akers just came back like six months earlier than expected and just took basically took back his his role i'm sure they're going to use both of them but yeah the rams are firing and hopefully they don't just choke that away yeah cam anchors uh taunting guys who were uh who were on the ground with uh, severe head injuries yep cam anchors (laughs) was just that excited yeah yeah, that that I feel like uh, like the a couple plays later they like handed it off to him and you could kind of see him, he's got like tackle in the backfield and I was like, you got to pro- he probably like feels like a lot of like the adrenaline kind of wore off after he like started to feel bad after he's like oh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have done that. Uh, you know, it's harder to get as hyped up after that I would think, but seem seem to you know regain it after a couple drives. You know, after that he's like ah, who cares. He's probably fine. Buda Baker's fine. Probably fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, that game was was brutal for the Cubs. Yeah. yeah, definitely not how you want to make your playoff debut for Kyler or for Cliff Kingsbury. But you know, um, I think there's there are a lot of good things about this team. I don't think anybody expected them to have as good of a season as they had. Um, 
I certainly didn't going into the season. So it's hard to uh, really, you know, really criticize him that much. I know people want to after this terrible playoff loss, but I, I think you got to st- take a step back and look at the whole season. And, you know, overall, I think it was kind of a success for the Cardinals. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the competition they had, it, I, I don't know why, but right now, like the only play I can think of for the Cardinals season is that week two Jamal Agnew kick six. <laughs> that should not sum up their season. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of right now. I, I did forget about that. I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I should not remember that, but they ended up winning that game. So, yeah, That's they, they won good. some games. Good for they, the Cardinals. They won, they won some games. All right. Well, um, so that was the NFC slate. Let's move on to the AFC slate. Let's start with the uh, Saturday night game. Uh, It was the Bills and the Patriots, and the Bills had the first ever perfect game by an offense. They scored a touchdown on every single one of their drives except for their kneel downs at the very end. Uh, They did not have a single fourth down in the game. They did not kick a single field goal. They did not punt the ball once. They did not have any turnovers or turnover on downs. Um, pretty incredible game for the, the Bills offense. And uh, Patriots are left, you know, wondering why couldn't Bill Belichick find any answers? <laughs> I wish I had like some cool, like insightful analysis on this game, but the Bills were just better. The Bills yeah. were better. <laughs> And it felt like to me, I know our listeners probably can't relate to this, or I hope they do, but this is like a Madden 08 season we had where like you had Vince Young and he's just playing at the highest level ever. I'm like, oh, sweet, I make the playoffs, but I have to play you because we're in the same division. And you just like trounce me with that exact same score. And I'm like, darn, like that's what it felt like. The Bills were just that much better. Yeah, I think there were a lot of... You know, there are a lot of analytical stats that, you know, people have been pulling all year that the Bills were, like, better than, you know, their their record and the fact they were actually one of the best teams in the NFL. And I think watching them, they were less consistent than that. They had a few, like, blow-up performances. But this was one of them. And if they can string together a few of them, then obviously they are certainly Super Bowl contenders. Um so this was this was pretty incredible. I thought Mac Jones actually played pretty well in this game. Um, I think you know he had the unfortunate pick early that was actually like a pretty good throw. I thought right? you know it was a little bit behind, but gave his guy a chance. And uh, you know Mike Hyde made the pick, and you know there was no catching up from there. It doesn't matter because the Bills scored a touchdown every drive. You can't. There's nothing the Patriots could do. So um, obviously they could have scored a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't feel it, this was on Mac Jones. I think he's still kind of a promising quarterback for the, for the Patriots. So, uh, you know, this could be a little bit of a, a rebuild. I don't think you can expect Mac Jones to, you know, win a Super Bowl in his first year. I think you got a little lucky with, uh, Tom Brady doing that in his first year as a starter. Um, so don't think, uh, that's coming coming anytime soon to be honest but who knows (laughs) bill belichick might be able to do it they just need to spend a little more money in free agency or 
whatever they need to do. Yeah. The first touchdown of this game uh, just really set the tone. Josh Allen was just scrambling it around for what felt like five minutes and just finds Dawson Knox. You're watching that touchdown in slow motion. Like Dawson Knox is falling, but not in real time almost. It, it was a surreal play to me, uh, but it just kind of solidifies what the Bills are. They kind of are getting – they are back to that that Bills team they, they were last postseason where they just get all these guys involved. It's not just the Stefan Diggs show. You've got Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie coming in and making plays, and that's how they attacked this this Patriots defense that has some great corners and safeties, just getting those wide receiver three and four guys involved. And Devin Singletary just on fire yeah. right now. He really is. Um, it's crazy. The Bills just discovered the running game, and um, – I guess that just completes their offense. Um, we'll see if they can do it. You know, four games are obviously not have four perfect games in a row, but uh, four good games by their offense in a row. Um, but they're, you know, we know they have a good defense too. So this is a, a balanced team. And uh, I think they're definitely a dangerous one in the AFC. Can't wait for next week's matchup against the chiefs. And uh, why don't we move to that game now? I mean, uh, Chiefs, another, uh, I mean, we, we could have all seen this one coming. Uh, Chiefs Steelers, I know. Reeb, you know, as a Bengals fan, was, you know, worried about the, <laughs> <laughs> worried about the, you know, the, the Steelers somehow pulling something, something off. But uh, I think we all knew the Chiefs were the better team here and they, uh, they just destroyed here. <laughs> TJ Watt tried. He tried. Hey, yeah. they, they did score a touchdown before the Chiefs did. Yeah. But I mean, with all this like douchey talk that Ben Roethlisberger was having before the game saying, oh, we shouldn't be here at all. It's like, <laughs> dude, well, you really true. shouldn't. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's so much truth to that. I actually agree with you on something for once. <laughs> I know you're trying to be like all edgy and funny because this is your last game. But yeah, it's just really good kind of like the Eagles. It's just good to see like teams that don't and shouldn't be there just get demolished. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Like let's move on to the real football. Now let's move on to the real games. Yeah. Bad week for the, you know, expanded playoffs. Uh, Everybody, you know, jumping on, you know, seven seeds shouldn't be let in the playoffs because this was uh, not a good showing by the seven seeds uh, this weekend. Not a good showing at all. I mean, might have been different if maybe we had gotten the Colts and the Chargers instead of uh, the Raiders and the Steelers. But yeah, and I, it what I wish the Saints were in for the NFC. I mean, then <laughs> you might have got gotten some action. Yeah, true. If the Saints were in instead of the Eagles, um, I think that would have that would have been good. Unfortunately, that was an option going to last week. So uh, you know, I feel like um, they should institute a new tiebreaker. Instead of like, you know, any sort of, uh, you know, head to head or conference record or anything, they should just like have a group of guys who are just like, who just choose which team they think is more fun to watch. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, if you're tied in record, that's, that should be the tiebreaker. Just get a random panel and they just, just vote on which team makes it in. I I don't know why, but I, feel like Ike Taylor should definitely be on that board of people <laughs> that decide games. I, I like that. 
We'll yeah. I'll, we'll call him up and see if he's on board for that. It's like remember uh, well, that time you wouldn't stop talking for the top 100 players. We need <laughs> you for deciding the playoffs now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure. I mean, I think anybody would be interested in that job. So uh, I'm sure I'll be up for it. Um, also, uh, by the way, Patrick Mahomes threw five touchdowns in ten and a half minutes of game time in this game. It's pretty wild. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Uh, one thing you love to see is that it's not just the Tyree Kill show anymore. I mean, Travis Kelsey had a big game, but like you're seeing Byron Pringle start yeah. to pan out, and he's getting he's getting his, and yeah. I love to see that. Yeah, you gotta love it. Uh, you know, Miko Hardman had like a quietly like a pretty good season. Um, Pringle had a pretty good season. Um, so I, I mean, it's not like they're fantastic receivers but uh you know the fact that the chiefs can just get a few more weapons into the mix um and you know jarek mckinnon revival he's yeah uh, <laughs> he's back in the mix uh so uh, this Chiefs team is dangerous i I'm, I'm excited to talk about that uh chiefs bills game coming up here um but first let's finish off the uh the uh, playoff slate with the first game of the weekend, it was uh, Bengals Raiders. Uh, Bengals looked like they were going to put this one away, but the Raiders ended up making a game of it. Um, but the Bengals managed to hang on and win their first playoff game in 30 years. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> if either team won this, it was going to be cool for either fan base and franchise Uh Really excited to see see things, you know, pan out for the Bengals. Get get themselves a playoff win under the belt. Build that confidence. Uh, it's going to be tougher, you know, moving forward. But the Raiders are are a scrappy team, and uh, they've been they've been making games close. So, you know, not not a steamroller like the Bucks over <laughs> the Eagles or Chiefs over the Steelers. The the Bengals they earned that one. Yeah, and what do you uh, think of that inadvertent whistle that everybody's I, talking about? You know, I don't think I, – I mean, given the context of how that played out, like I don't think it's that big of a deal. I, I, I don't think like it affected the way any of the players like played that play other than Tyler Boyd catching it. Um, I, I just think it was silly to blow the whistle that early. Yeah, it was clearly a, a mistake by the refs, but uh, I yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it affected the play. I mean, Tyler Boyd, it was like right before Tyler Boyd caught the pass. I mean, the cornerback the might have slowed up a little bit, but it was Tyler, it was just the difference of being, you know, two yards behind him instead of, or three yards behind him instead of two yards behind him. So, I mean, he wasn't making a play on that ball. That was going to be a touchdown regardless. So, I'm, I, I think it would have been worse if they had blown the whistle and then called the play uh, had called the play dead and they had to redo the play when the Bengals clearly scored the touchdown so um ultimately i think it's a good you know missed call that they didn't stop it i, I obviously it would have been better if they just didn't blow the whistle but you know you can't get everything right so uh, i mean i do have to say though like I was thinking if they did call that back, it would have been disastrous for the Bengals. And that oh, could yeah. have been a totally different game. Just given like the Bengals' recent playoff history and how like 
things haven't gone their way for like calls and stuff or just you know <laughs> imagine this, reeb after if that had dude, happened that would have been our group chat would have burned <laughs> to the ground our our unpaid intern might have you know be be locked up for uh some poison that that ref uh received the next day <laughs> poison in the cincinnati chili yeah <laughs> um but uh yeah ended up working out for the Bengals. uh go, good to see them advance uh joe burrows beast you know pretty good season by the raiders they did end up firing mike mayock after that which was uh it's kind of sad um but you know it makes sense they're moving in a new regime um yeah, we'll see what if uh, Rick Passaccia can hold on to the job, but looking less likely with the firing of Mike Mayock, I would say. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer for Rich Passaccia. He's done a really good job, and you don't, you really don't see interim head coaches have this much success, like if ever. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be fair, usually this is a better team than most interim head coach because usually when you're an interim head coach, you're taking over a, a dumpster fire of a team. That's why your coach got fired. But this totally. is kind of a unique situation. Totally. It was just refreshing to see, like, yeah. you know, a, a team with an interim head coach make the playoffs. And, you know, I'm kind of stoked for Mike Mayock. I like Dar- Daniel Jeremiah. I like Daniel Jeremiah a ton, but maybe Mike Mayock comes back to NFL Network. I enjoy his analysis. Yeah, um, I, you know, I do it just didn't like translate to the league. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe those guys who are doing TV jobs might just want to stick to it. Maybe it, I mean, obviously, we could be NFL GMs or head coaches or, <laughs> or players. We could be quarterbacks if we wanted to. But it's simple. Uh, all you, all you do is just say you watch this kid's tape and he's yeah. good, and <laughs> people take you seriously. <laughs> yep, that's all you need to do. Um, <laughs> But, you know, some some people in media just aren't cut out for it. So, uh, you know, I'm sure Mike Mayock will, will get back on TV and looking forward to, to watching him. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, I also, before we get into the um, uh, divisional games, um, we also didn't mention that um, because we, we talked about the closing fires last week, but it was before uh, David Culley got fired. So I did just want to briefly touch on that. I um, feel like we kind of, we talked about it before the season that we were like, you know, maybe they're just hiring this guy because they want somebody as a stopgap for this terrible season they're about to have and they know they're about to have. And uh, I mean, he, I think he had did a better job than anybody thought and they still fired him. So I feel like everybody thinks that is the case. <laughs> Look, I have a few different thoughts about this whole thing. First of all, he did way better than anyone expected, and he inherited just the absolute worst situation ever created by Bill (laughs) O'Brien. But, like, to be fair, if I'm, like, you know, the Texans higher-ups, like, this guy did some weird stuff. Like, one week, Rex Burkhead rushes 12 (laughs) times for 40 yards, and David Culley's like, that's our guy. And he just cuts (laughs) Philip Lindsay. Just cuts Philip Lindsay right after... You know, getting rid of somebody else, I I don't know, because they got rid of so many other people. Like, sure, Zach Cunningham wasn't even showing up to practice anymore, but they just, you know, cut him. Um, and and <laughs> I don't know. He did weird stuff. So, like, yeah, he was that stopgap coach, and then 
you you can't help but think is this like Houston now making a play at Brian Flores so that Deshaun Watson maybe decides to play for him again? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know about that. I mean, like I I don't really I I know Deshaun Watson said like how he wanted to play for Brian Flores, but like it's not I don't think they have like any previous relationship or anything. It's not like I don't think he's like that obsessed with Brian Flores and that he's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well, if Brian Flores is here, I'll stay. I, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, <laughs> I'll stay for this team. That's completely wiped my name <laughs> and just tarnished it. Just destroyed it. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, he may have also done that to himself a little bit. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, don't take my words out of context. Right? No, I, I understand. I know what you're saying. No, I'm just talking to the people out there. <laughs> this yeah. is serious stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I I agree. And then I think the, the Texans, uh, I, I don't feel that bad for David Kelly. I mean, I think the Texans are kind of a mess. And this was kind of a stupid situation they put themselves in. But it's like David Kelly was never going to get a head coaching job otherwise. And he probably knew that he was probably just a one-year stopgap and <laughs> got to show off that, you know, he at least, you know, isn't a total disaster of a head coach. So I, I don't know, maybe he gets another opportunity somewhere else. Probably not, but you never know. Um, and I'm sure he'll get another job, like just probably not as a head coach. So uh, he, he gets oh, what, you know, it was like two years guaranteed, which is pretty low for a head coach. People were also getting on the Texans for that. It's like they didn't even, you know, give him like a guaranteed like four or five years that most coaches get to at least get paid out. But, you know, whatever. He still gets a, a nice payday. And <laughs> this actually... I, I remember now around this time last year when the Texans hired him, me and you might actually on this podcast, we were just like, who is this guy? And yeah. I started looking <laughs> up like his, his past. And he was just like, what, like a wide receivers coach. I don't uh, remember, but yeah, he, he was just like all these random positions. And we we're just like, what is, what kind of hire is this? <laughs> and then part of me, Going back to like just during the regular season, I do feel a little bad because every game that I saw of the Texans, the commentators were always like, this guy just has so much respect by every head coach in the NFL. And like he totally deserves this. <laughs> and David Culley was like telling people, he's like, all right, this is the year I'm going to be a head coach. And so he was for a year. And then he just got cast back <laughs> into just the field of whatever coaches. Yeah, he'll be, uh, you know, if you're like have to, you're doing any you know trivia where it's like, who was the Texans head coach in 2021? That'll be uh, <laughs> something we probably won't remember in like three years. Like, be like, who, who was the Texans head coach? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I don't feel too bad for him. Um, but yeah, I, I think he deserved, uh, he, he probably deserved better, but it's like, how he ended up i'd take the the head coaching job just to be left out left you know fired after a year who cares if you know you're, you're gonna get fired for a year afterward anyway then uh i feel like that's not that hard of a job yeah you know, i feel like i we were joking earlier that we could do you know be nfl gms or head coaches i feel like i could be the gm for the texans and do just as well <laughs> as, you know they're they're doing over there <laughs> 
what would you do? Like, if you were hired as GM of the Texans, what would your first move be right now? Uh, I would uh, sign everybody a seven-year deal to save the cap room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take your most disgruntled player and make them team captain. <laughs> Franchise tag them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really all I could think of, too, is just like, swing for the fences on free agency <laughs> use whatever money you have and just swing yeah i i guess so um they do i think they have a first round pick this year yeah for Again. a defensive tackle yeah for, i mean that's that's the most important thing so uh, yeah they can rebuild this thing like the 2006 texans and draft a new mario williams yeah that's uh that's possible i don't know maybe davis mills is the quarterback of the future and he can uh lead them to success <laughs> <laughs> all right enough about the texans let's move on to the actual that was a teams. lot yeah we did we spent a lot of time on the texans <laughs> um but the texans are a good joke i mean so I, we are pro football jokes so um but we will move on to some teams that are actually playing for some meaningful football um so let's start we'll start with the nfc um packers got the bye um they host uh the san francisco 49ers uh the 49ers and packers have had some recent playoff matchups uh they played in the nfc title game um back in 22 years ago or uh, yeah two years ago um so uh packers packers have been on the wrong side of this one i think they'll at least the last three matchups i know um I think they lost to Kaepernick twice, uh, and lost to Jimmy G, uh, this and, and the in the championship game. Um, so, will the 49ers continue their success against the Packers, or is this just a different Packers team that's going to tear them to shreds? Well, I mean, the 49ers almost got it done against the Packers earlier in the season, had it not been for that heroic Aaron Rodgers drive in the end there. So, I'm kind of True. excited for this matchup, and this is definitely a more confident 49ers team this time around just with that running game. I, I got a point to that running game. Just, just the pure confidence Kyle Shanahan has and just saying, Hey, we're just going to roll Debo out in our backfield. You've seen what <laughs> we've been doing for the past month and a half. We're going to keep doing it to you. And Hey, if Debo's a little tired, we're going to throw in Eli Mitchell and just get it done. And the 49ers are doing these things without like George Kittle having these stellar games, George Kittle's getting like a catch a game. So the only time I might think the 49ers are in trouble is if George Kittle goes off this game, because that's my take the games. George <laughs> Kittle goes off the 49ers somehow blow it. Well, you hear it, heard it here first folks. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, part of me does think, the, I mean, I think the 49ers for sure have a chance in this game, but uh, part of me thinks the 49ers can do it. Um, they have all the weapons like Debo's just so important to that offense um, in the running game and passing game. Um, Brandon, I explain well, like George Kittle's still, you know, certainly one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Um, I know that he has some quiet games now, but he, he can go out, go off at any moment and, you know, they're running the ball so well with Eli Mitchell Um so I, I think the 49ers got a chance. Um, the only question is, can their defense get any stops against the Packers? But they've done pretty well with like a makeshift defense. Um, so if they can just get a few stops, um, 
thing is, like, even the, they, like, if they're just getting a few stops, can Jimmy G win a shootout? I think that's the question. Can he win a shootout? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, good question. I mean, Aaron Rodgers' playoff mode at home is a scary thought. This could just be like a MVS go off. Is, is Aaron Rodgers' playoff mode scary? I feel like Aaron Rodgers' regular season mode is scary, but he's just scary in general. Mode is, I don't know. He's a scary guy in general. That's fair. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you still got Josh Norman out there guarding people. So <laughs> <laughs> he can, he can guard Devonte Adams one-on-one easy. I'm more worried about his matchup on MVS. All it takes is just one deep shot from Aaron. Yeah, Rogers. that's true. Yeah. He's cooked. That's true. Um, yeah, we'll see on that one. I, I think 49's got a chance there. I don't know if I'm picking them yet. I think that'd be kind of bold, but I don't know. Maybe I will. Who knows? Um, oh. But we'll we'll get to that in the pick them. You'll have to read on our website. That'll be coming out here shortly. Um, but anyway, let's get into the other NFC matchup. The Bucks hosting the Los Angeles Rams. Can Tom Brady go to another championship game? This is another one where they were matched up in the regular season and the Rams. This was like a statement game for the Rams early on. Oh, saying, yeah. Hey, we're for real because they just they just kicked the Bucks' butts. Um, and we were just talking about how, well, I was, how I wasn't like blown away by the Buccaneers win over the Eagles. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to make of this matchup. Like I, I've been just crapping on the Rams every time I've talked about them on this podcast, just because I don't trust them when they go down like two scores. Like, will this yeah. be that kind of game where Sean McVay gets in his head, Matt Stafford gets in his own head? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's tough for me too. Cause like on paper, you look at the Rams roster, they're like, pretty healthy uh they're playing really well they just you know had a dominant performance um and i everything seems to be clicking for them right now the bucks are pretty banged up they had a great performance still but um i mean they have so many injuries that like can they overcome this and but then you look at you know who do you trust more tom brady or matthew stafford Tom Brady just you know, knows how to win these games. Um, but can he do it with like such a, such a beat up supporting cast? Uh, I mean, obviously he's done that before, but just counting on him to always do it seems like a dicey proposition, but I, I just never want to bet against him. Yeah. This is like, this is such a headache of a game to pick just for that reason. The Tom Brady factor. Yeah. I think I'll probably end up taking the bucks just cause I never really liked picking against Tom Brady in the playoffs, but I'll have to think about this one too. And here's a depressing fact of all the NFC head coaches left in the playoffs. Other than Bruce Arians, Tom Brady's older than them. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. I'm pretty sure. Right. Kyle Shanahan, yeah. Matt LaFleur. And, I, uh, I think you're, I think you're right. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of depressing, and they right. they were all on on Washington staff at one one point. So <laughs> again, except for Arians, it, maybe Arians was there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, I think that'll be a great game. All right, NFC or AFC matchups. Uh, let's start with the one seed, the Tennessee Titans hosting the Bengals. The Bengals are, you know, everybody's you know favorite team right now. They're hot. They're uh, they got Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, who are uh, you know fan favorites and are just league wide favorites of you know players, young players to watch. Um, and you got the Titans, who I feel like people are not that excited about Derrick Henry is expected <laughs> to be back in this one. So that is obviously huge for the Titans. Um, but is the, is the, you know, hype around the Bengals deserved or, you know, should the Titans really be favored in this one? Yeah. This is where I grow like really weary of these Cinderella stories. I will call the Bengals a Cinderella story. Like it's impressive yeah. that they're at this point. <laughs> and I love the way you introduce the Titans. You kind of loathe like, talking about the titans they're just, just <laughs> such a true. well it's just the tone i mean yeah they are kind of like the least flattering dazzling team left in the playoffs i feel like because it's like hey are they the tennessee derrick henry's or like what even are they because they win games in so many various fashions yeah um and i i don't know if they're like the heavy favorites or the underdogs i just can't tell yeah. Yeah, I feel like most of the fans are gonna gonna take the Bengals here, but I don't know. I just think this Titans team is like pretty strong with Derrick Henry coming back. I mean, they've been good since AJ Brown came back, and now getting Henry back too. I think that's that's a lot. Like their defense has been like pretty good this year, um, which hasn't been the case, you know, the past couple years. Um, I don't know. I think this Titans team is 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 gonna win this one i i'm kind of with you and i think the factor here is whether the titans defensive line just like just crushes it like they have in a few games this year yeah i think the only way the the Bengals win is if joe burrow just has a a, you know goes off and you know either jamar chase or t higgins goes off and uh i i think i think if they get into a shootout with titans then you'll like the Bengals odds um but I don't know that they're going to get that get that opportunity. I think the Titans' defense will hold them down, and you know Derrick Henry will wear him out, and AJ Brown will make make enough plays to show that he's also one of the best receivers in the league. Yeah, I mean, this is the game Jackrabbit Jenkins changed his name for, so it, <laughs> that's what I'll be watching. Jackrabbit Jenkins on Jamar Chase. All yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'll shut him down. Uh, yeah, well, I, I think it'll be a good game. All, all these games are. I really, I'm really looking forward to all these games. I think that's one of the advantages to, you know, the fact that last weekend's games were were not great, but it's because you know all the best teams won, and now we get a matchup of a bunch of really good teams. So, you know, we get good for them. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, get some some good games this weekend. And, uh, let's close it out with uh, what might be the best game of the week: uh, Chiefs hosting the Bills. I mean. We had this match, another you know rematch from earlier in the season where the Bills had their you know early statement win, and we were like, "What's what's wrong with the Chiefs?" And that was the start of that. And then the Chiefs had you know went on a little bender there where they were struggling, but they they figured their their stuff out, and now they're right here back in the divisional playoff round. Um, yeah, what do you what who do you think has the edge in this one? Gosh, this matchup is so gargantuan. Yeah, uh, 
I, I just really want to take the Bills in this one. I think like the Bills should come back with that game plan they they ran earlier in the season where they just they just did QB powers, man, and just like <laughs> crushed the Chiefs with their running game. And I think they should go back to that. Um, but like the way they beat the Patriots, like they beat them in every facet of the game. I, I can't choose which part of the Bills I like the most from that game and what part's going to translate here the most. Um, and, and the chiefs, I mean, it's that kind of Mahomes Brady ish factor. I just can't count them out here and who's going to yeah. stand out for them. Yeah, no, it's definitely tough to count out the chiefs. It's like Josh Allen just had, you know, one of the best games any quarterbacks had this season. Um, but you know, you always have that question with Josh Allen is, you know, he, he tends to have a few duds every year. Um, you know, we've seen that from the Bills. You know, they lost to the Jaguars early this season. Um, I I just, you know, you just wonder if uh, if they can do it again. Um, and then, you know, even if they do, you can't, like, the Chiefs can keep up with the Bills in that situation. Uh, you know, we just saw them just explode on the, on the, on the uh, Steelers. And we've seen them do that so many times against so many teams where they just, you know, they start off down a little bit and then they just have this run where they just put up, you know, the bills put up what 47 points in that entire game, having a perfect game, the chiefs can put up, you know, 35 in, in a quarter, you know, that's, that's how good this chiefs and explosive the chiefs offense is. And you just wonder, uh, I, I don't, I, it's just a, you know, interesting mishmash of styles of two great offenses and um, you know great teams overall. So I I can't wait for this one. And one way teams have been exploiting the Bills a little bit this season uh, is through their run defense. And with this kind of outburst of Jarek McKinnon uh, and and Andy <laughs> Reid just laying down the hammer and axe to Daryl Williams' prospects, like do they? choose to attack the bills from that front. Uh, that's something I'll be watching for this game. Obviously Travis Kelsey and Tyreek are always going to be factors, but kind of like what I was saying about the bills and Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie, the Byron Pringle and Nicole Hardman factor becomes a thing too. I think these are just two very uh, evenly matched teams that are just freaking beasts. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it should be, it should be great. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, uh, divisional weekend is is going to be great. I mean, I know it's not super divisional weekend. Uh, hopefully, that's coming soon because, like, I'm getting bored of just regular divisional weekend. We gotta gotta change it up a little bit. Um, but I, yeah, I, think I think they need to slime the teams, man. Oh yeah, that that is also important. I think that that'll spice things up. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's move on to our favorite segment overreactions let's close it out uh for for this uh this following the wild card round and going into divisional round pep do you have your overreaction ready i had to bite my tongue early on in this podcast because <laughs> i almost got into it with the kyler murray talk i guess i got into it a little bit but it's not just the cardinals it's these teams with like an above average quarterback and the fans and everybody around them just want to pull the plug like immediately. 
like right now on these people with promise. Like they're not the best quarterbacks in the league, but they're good. And you should build around them. Uh, so Kyler Murray's an example. I think Kirk Cousins is another example. And then I, I even like Baker Mayfield. Okay. I know the Browns are out of the playoffs. Vikings are out of the playoffs. And even Dak, people want to pull the plug on Dak. Like everybody just wants to pull the plug on their quarterbacks, not named like Mahomes or Brady. It just seems like now more than ever, people are just pissed off at their quarterbacks. <laughs> and I get it. Like, you know, you've had some shortcomings, but like I'm sitting here and I'm like trying to pump up Taylor Heineke from our fan base <laughs> and just seeing people like, like saying Kyler Murray should switch to baseball. Like it just pisses me off. Yeah. You shouldn't it, do that. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. I, I do like that overreaction because I mean, there are so many teams that would love to have a Kyler Murray or, you know, a Kirk Cousins or, you know, a Derek Carr for, you know, yeah. I mean, there, there are so many teams that are struggling at quarterback. You look at, you know, the Broncos, the Panthers, the, the football team. I mean, these teams would get anything to have a quarterback like, like those guys. Um, and uh, you, you gotta, you gotta stick with the, the boat. I mean, you could improve other positions other than just quarterback and you can't just swing for the fences all the time at, at QB. So I, I do like that take. Yeah. It's just very frustrating to watch all that. And I know I didn't put it great. It's just, that is my frustration boiling over on this uh, January 19th night entering the divisional round yeah uh no i like that all right uh so uh, my reaction um i was actually thinking about this um you know after mike zimmer got fired um that you know teams just some some people just don't give kickers uh, enough leeway because kickers like you shouldn't cut a kicker after one bad game and i was thinking about how mike zimmer cut Daniel Carlson after his second game with the team after they drafted him in the fifth round. And now he's one of the best kickers in the NFL for the Raiders. I mean, he might be the second best kicker after Justin Tucker right now. Um, and I just wonder Mike Zimmer getting fired. Um, if he's wondering, Hey, maybe some of these games that we lost because of our kicker, I just kept Daniel Carlson. Maybe that those wouldn't have happened and I might have another year in me. Um, uh, I just think, you know, I, what he, he had, and the God, I just, his response in that game just made me so angry when he was, they asked him like, you, you decided to cut him right after the, he's like, why did you decide to cut him? And he was like, did you watch the game? It was a pretty easy decision. I'm <laughs> like, you're not even treating your kicker like a person, man. Like you will never say that about any other position. Um, and I, I don't know. That's one of the reasons I I never really liked Mike Zimmer much. But anyway, I just I think you got to give your kicker some time, especially since you know if you're new to the team, it takes some time to get used to like your holder and your snapper and getting it in game action. So I I think uh, you know sometimes kickers get a bad rap and just hang on when because if you get a good kicker, it's a huge advantage for your team. Yeah, that's a great take because the leash is so short for kickers these days. It's not just Mike Zimmer. Like, yeah, kickers will get cut for like missing three kicks in a season. Like, can you imagine if that happened to Lawrence Tynes, you know, on the Giants all those years ago? Like, he was yeah. missing so many kicks that season. Uh, I'm not saying like 
you know, maybe they should have cut him, but he made that kick in the championship when it mattered. And then, like, you're seeing a kicker, Urban Meyer cut Josh Lambeau, and he was, like, their only pro bowler for, like, two <laughs> years, two or three years. After like, he, kicking him. You know, I'm with you. It, yeah, he kicked him. I'm just with you. That Kickers deserve a little more leeway. Um, you know, like a, maybe some just aren't good. You know, not everybody can have a Robbie yeah. Gold. I mean, yeah, like you, you got guys like Roberto Aguayo who was there for <laughs> for a while and missed a lot of kicks, and then you got to cut him. But like, they got a guy after their second game, man. That's that was crazy to me, and uh, I was just thinking about that. And you know, it's happened to other kickers too. I just that that was the one that really stuck out to me because um, I was remembering it and just thinking about. Uh, you know about kickers and how they deserve more respect. So that's that's it for me. That's how I'm closing out our week. I I respect that. <laughs> A good old kicker talk. All right. Well, hope you guys enjoy the divisional round. Um, super wild card weekend. Had maybe a few dud games, but overall still fun to watch. And uh, think there are going to be more fun games this next weekend. So I can't wait. And we will talk to you next time. Pro Football Jokes. Make it uncomfortable.